Spirit of God is here right now. Hallelujah. Why don't you just reach out and touch Him? Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I worship you. I magnify you. Hallelujah. I'm ready to say goodbye to some things and welcome some things into my life today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Goodbye, fear. Goodbye, doubt. Thank you. There's a supernatural anointing here in this place right now. There's a life-changing touch from God in this place right now. I wonder if we could just yield to the Spirit of God in this place with every hand raised. If you've been dealing with some things, if you've been dealing with fear and doubt and you're ready to say goodbye to it today, the Spirit of God is here to give you freedom and liberty. Why don't you just reach out and grab a hold of that right now? Hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. God, that you would have your hand upon every man, woman, and child in this place. God, we love you. We magnify you. God, we need a touch from your spirit today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The Spirit of God is here right now. Hallelujah. I just pray that we could be saturated with us in this place. That He could saturate our spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That we would just be saturated with the Holy Ghost. That we wouldn't want to leave His presence that we wouldn't want to stop worshiping, that we wouldn't want to stop talking to Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 
God is so good. I believe that God has something for us in this place. If we would just receive it. John chapter 14 and verse 27. John 14 and verse 27. Jesus said, peace I leave with you, and my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Today, with the help of the Lord, I just want to simply preach to you on the peace of God. The peace of God. Amen can be seated in Jesus' name. John 14 records some of Jesus' departing words before his crucifix. And during this time, it was very common for their departing words to be shalom or peace be with you. And as we would depart today from each other, as we probably will this afternoon after church, we will say goodbye. We would say goodbye to people. That's our most common departing farewell phrase, goodbye. And we say it so often that we actually don't really mean what we say a lot of times. Does anybody know what goodbye means? Actually, it means God be with you. I didn't even know that. So we say goodbye all the time, and, and oftentimes people who don't even believe in God say goodbye because they don't really know what it means, and it's just used in a nonchalant way. But Jesus here in John 14 was saying, he says, I'm not just leaving you with a nonchalant peace be with you. I'm not just leaving you with a, a little shalom. But I'm going to give you a true peace. And it's not a peace that the world would try to give. But it's a peace that comes from God. I pray that you would just dig in with me today a little bit. This is going to be a simple message, but if you will receive it, it will be very profound to your life. It's a peace that comes from God. It's more than a farewell. It's more than a temporary feeling. It's not a mood, and it's not a brief sensation. But it's a divine order that lives within us, the peace of God. As I begin to look into this a little bit, there are several applications of of peace in a believer's life. Of course, starting out with God, there is a thing called peace with God. Amen. Peace with God. Romans chapter 5 and and verse 8 says, But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies... 
We were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. There was a time in in all of our lives in our sinful state, in our sinful condition, that we were actually enemies of God. An enemy of God. And we were guilty of of a crime against him. And and the wages uh, that we were worthy for this crime was death. And we were literally at odds with our creator in our sinful nature. We were lost, we were hurt, we were shamed, and we were guilty. But amen, Christ died for us. Amen, while we were yet in that condition. It amazes me every time I read that verse that he loved me, he died for me while I was still an enemy of his. While I was still lost in sin, Christ died for us. So next time you may find it hard to love your enemy, just remember that Christ loved you while you were still an enemy of his. He paid the ultimate price and he bled and died for us on Calvary so that we could be at peace with God, that we could be made right, justified, reconciled to God. He rose again on the third day. Amen. He filled the church with the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost. And now, not because of anything that we did, not because of our own goodness or the works that we did, we were made right with him. And there was a peace made between us and God because before we were enemies. So a peace with God. Romans 5 and 1 says, therefore being justified by faith or being made right by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We were once at odds, we were once enemies, but because of what he did and because of us believing in what he did for us, we are now made right and we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Disobedience will be the one thing that can cause disorder between you and God. It will, it will take peace out of the relationship. Um, God has given us all that we need and every opportunity to be at peace with him. He's given us the resources. He's given us the Holy Ghost. He's covered us with his blood. But we can still choose to be disobedient. We can still choose to, in in some ways, break or go against this peace treaty, if you will, that's between us and God. The Bible is very firm and it's very uh, very narrow, if you will, about obedience to God, obeying his commandments. Jesus says, if you love me, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. You'll obey me. 1 Peter 1 and 13 says, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And verse 14, as obedient children. 
as obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. God has called us to a life of obedience. He's called us to a life of separation to him and from the world. Amen. I don't know if there's any parents in this place that there are times where your children do, do things and you're just like, what are they thinking? Am I the only one? Like, they must not have been thinking at all. <laughs> like, they must have just, just did it without thinking. And, and uh, God is, is speaking to his church that we, sometimes we as the children of God do things like that. But he's saying we've got to be as obedient children. Amen. We've got to, we can't be messing around with the things of the world. Amen. We believe in holiness. We believe in, in, uh, in, in a change in life, a change in our hearts, a change in the way we walk, a change in the way we talk. Amen. A change in the way we dress, a change in the way we look, and the change, a change in the way how we approach people. Amen. Our priorities change when we get into the kingdom. I mean, I remember having a, a, you know, before Christ, we had things that we did and, and we had a schedule and, and we, we were involved with racing and sports and Friday night was race night. Amen. Wednesday night, we raced go-karts. All winter long, we traveled the whole state and played hockey Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday. But when we got the Holy Ghost... When we were born again, things changed. Amen, because you want to know what? Wednesday night was church night now. <laughs> How could we go race go-karts, Dad, when Wednesday night was church night? How could we go sit at the races on a Friday night and hang around a bunch of drunk people when he's called us out of that? How could we travel the state all weekend long spending every money we, all the money we had to play hockey when there was church on Sunday? So our lives changed, priorities changed, how we spent our money, how we spent our time, our schedules changed because we wanted to be obedient children to the kingdom of God. And obedience is, and I'm not talking about me as the pastor being the ruler here. I'm talking about God being the great shepherd. I'm talking about him speaking to you. I'm talking about him convicting you and you obeying it. I'm talking about you reading the word and saying, oh man, I've been struggling with that. I need to obey the word of God. If you want to keep peace with God, you've got to do it his way. It's his way. It's God's way. And trust me, he's a great, merciful, gracious God. He's a loving father. His ways are the best ways. 
You won't be disappointed by just obeying. You won't be disappointed by just submitting to his ways. You'll be blessed. Amen. As a matter of fact, the things you've been, you're messing around with in the world trying to find, you'll find that fulfillment doing it his way. Amen. Peace with God. First John 5 and 3 says, For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not grievous. His commandments are not grievous. So peace with God is a spiritual order that comes through what he did on Calvary for us, but also through our obedience and our submission to him. There's some people in this place you've been holding back Something You've been holding some things back from God and he's speaking to you today. He's saying, if you'll just give that to me, if you'll just obey me, if you'll just submit that part of your life to me, I'll take care of it. You don't think you have enough time to come to church, I'll take care of your time. You don't think you have enough money to pay your tithes, I'll take care of your tithes. <laughs> You don't think you have the wherewithal and the energy after 40 hours of work a week to be in church. I'll take care of your energy if you'll just obey me. If you'll just submit to the word of God. Do we not believe that he can do that? (laughs) Do we not believe that he can take care of money issues? Time issues? Scheduling issues? Peace with God. I want to be at peace with God. A second application is peace on earth. We read in Luke 2 and 13, uh, the account of Christ's birth in Bethlehem. It says, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Peace on earth And amongst each other is a peace that brings relational order. Okay? I believe in peace in the church. The the unity of the spirit of, of peace. And I believe that we as brothers and sisters should be at peace with each other. With our relationships. Romans 12 and 18 says, If it be possible, as much as lieth in you... As much as that is is within you, that you need to live peaceably with all men. Not 99%, and we leave that 1% for a fleshly day. Come on now. Paul said, God said through Paul, all men, if possible, as much as that's in you, Live peaceably with all men. When there are differences between people with the wrong perspective, it can breed disorder. Okay? And, and with the wrong perspective, that disorder will bring a lack of peace between you and your brother, you and your sister. The Bible is very clear on this, and I've touched on this in the last several weeks. Proverbs 29 and 8 says, and this is a, I don't know if it's a NLT version, but it says, fools start fights everywhere. 
Wise men try to keep the peace. I'll say this, if you are having relationship issues everywhere you go, I'm going to say this as kind as I can. You may be the common denominator. Okay? And we've got to be able to look at us. Judgment starts right here. Fools start fights everywhere. There's contention everywhere you go. But wise men try to keep the peace. Of course, Jesus said on the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. There's a lot of scripture talking about this. And of course, we have the fruit of the Spirit. And one of those fruit is peace. That God would give us a supernatural strength within us that we would be able to live peaceably with all men. That we would be able to get along, that we would be able to forbear, that we would be able to handle differences amongst each other in a good, spirit-filled, peaceable way. That's the will of God. 1 Peter 3 and 8 says, Finally, be all of one mind. Peter says, having compassion one of another. Having compassion one of another. And I believe to have compassion towards somebody, you got to be able to look through their perspective. If, you're, if your sister's doing something you don't like, may just try, have compassion towards them and try to see the situation through their position. And oftentimes, if you'll take a little time to see their situation and, and, and remove yourself from how you're looking at it, you'll begin to have compassion. It'll be easier to have compassion towards them. It says, love as brethren, as brothers and sisters. Just remember that we were born into this family, that we're not going anywhere. Like there's a blood relationship. And just like growing up in your home, you had brothers and sisters and you would spat a little bit but no one was going anywhere at the end of the day you were still brothers you were still sisters and that's just the way it was so you had to learn to get along well in the kingdom none of us are going anywhere we've been born into this we're all children of God we have the same father and we're going to the same place Amen. Our destination is the same place. So we've got to love as, brother, as brothers, not just as, a, as a, an acquaintance, not just somebody we see a couple times a week and, and wave across the room, but love as brothers. Peter said, be pitiful. Be pitiful, which means to be tender-hearted. Don't be hard towards each other. Be tender-hearted. It says, be courteous, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing. Don't retaliate harshly, but contrarywise blessing, knowing that ye are thereunto called, that ye should inherit a blessing. Of course, we believe in unity. We believe in being at peace with our brothers and our sisters. And the Holy Ghost can help you, church. The Holy Ghost, the fruit of the Spirit, 
will help you with this. The third application of peace to uh, the believer is the peace of God. So we had peace with God. We had peace on earth in the church. And we have the peace of God. The peace of God. Philippians 4 and 6 says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. And the peace of God... And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. The difficulties of life can bring a feeling of disorder. I've been there. If you are looking through the wrong lens, the difficulties of life. and and that disorder can cause a lack of peace. And the truth of it is, is God didn't promise us easy. He didn't promise us easy street. Can I get an amen? This isn't sacrilegious, is it? But he didn't promise that it would be easy. As a matter of fact, he promised that it would be difficult. John 16 and 33 says, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer. He says, I have overcome the world. As long as we're on this earth, there's going to be tribulation. There's going to be persecution. There's going to be trials. There's going to be fiery trials of our faith. There's going to be storms. There's going to be uh, problems. But Jesus said, through that, through those things, I can give you peace. And you can be of good cheer. Because he said, I have overcome the world. To be on Jesus' side. To be on Jesus' team. I tell you, he's my first pick, amen, to be on my team. And as a matter of fact, it's his team. I just want to be on his team. Because he wins. There's a victory that's promised. It's going to happen. It will happen. He has overcome the world. There might be some bumps along the way. There might be some tribulation along the way. There might be some things that we don't understand along the way. And there's certain personalities I've noticed that have a very hard time not understanding everything. And sometimes, so this is a a true test to some of those people who just feel like they got to understand everything. But the peace of God passes your understanding. It surpasses it. It's far beyond what you can understand in your mind. Hebrews 12 and 7 says, If ye endure chastening, God deal with you you as his son. He didn't promise us easy. He he promised there's going to be tribulation. There's going to be chastening. There's going to be correction. If we want to be obedient, obedient children just don't happen. Right? 
We were just out at Ben and Tracy Simons, and they got, they got a lot of kids. A lot of kids. I don't even know how many kids. Like 12. Of course, a few of them are married off now, and now there's grandkids joining the kids. And uh, we were out there, and my, my friend Josh came with us, and he said, he's like, I just can't believe how well-behaved these kids are. Like, in a home where you think there would be mass chaos, because they got a lot going on there. It's like a two-bedroom house. Two-bedroom house, and they have a single wide right next to the house with a sidewalk, and that's where the boys live. And they got ranching going on. Ben has a business in town. They got dogs they're raising and horses, and it's an animal house. But in the midst of what you would think would be chaotic, you sit at the table and there's peace in the home. There's peace. Of course, Ben, if you guys know Ben Simons, he's just a calm guy. Doesn't get excited for anything. I was getting excited sitting there. All those animals running around. I mean, there was a horse on their front porch. going to the bathroom while I was trying to fry fish. That's not a joke either. <laughs> that happened. <laughs> Ben's just like, hmm, you know, just no big deal. But in the midst of what you would think would be chaotic, there's a calm order. And those kids in that home, that just didn't happen. There was some chastening There was some rods that weren't spared. Obedient children just don't happen. So God didn't promise us that it would be easy. There was going to be chastening. There was going to be storms that would arise. So the peace of God isn't a promise of easy. Peace isn't a life without hardships. Peace isn't a life without storms or without trials. The word peace, as used in Scripture, does not mean an absence of conflict. It doesn't mean an absence of tension. But what it means is a tranquility of order or a calm order that comes from God, the peace of God. See, the world defines peace differently. It it, it describes it and defines it as an escape from reality, like the hippie movement, peace. That was an escape from reality. Life. That was escape from the hard things. So the world describes it as, a, as an escape from the storm, escape from the problem. The world advertises getaways, fun getaways, as a way of coping with life. And whether that getaway is a high or a drunk Okay, it only provides 
a temporary escape from reality. A vacation on a beach only provides a fleeting break from the day-to-day grind. Materialism only provides a temporary joy that covers life's troubles for but a short time. That's the peace of the world. But I'm here to tell you that the peace of God goes beyond all these layers. The peace of God stands strong in every situation, in every trial, and in every storm. It's, it's a calm order in your life despite what's going on around you. Now, I believe that when you get the Holy Ghost that there should be less chaos. Just by, your, just by the good decisions that you make in life and the blessings of God, there will be less chaos coming into the kingdom. But there still will be things that happen. There still will be difficulties difficulties that you have to deal with. And God wants to give you a calm order in the middle of these things. You may be working a job you don't like today, but you can show up tomorrow and you can have the peace of God. Amen? Your financial situation here today may be out of whack, upside down, and in the negative. But you can go home today with a peace of God. Hear what I'm talking about today? There might be some unrest in a relationship or at work, but you can have the peace of God in the situation. There's some chaos happening with the kids. They're doing things you just don't understand. But through it, you can have the peace of God. There's some things you just don't understand. There's some things people have said or done you just don't get. But his peace surpasses anything that we can understand. It's it's a calm order within that only comes from God. Paul, in Romans chapter 3, he, he describes some of the ways of the world. In verse 10, he says, As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. And he goes on and on. Verse 14, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. So the ways of the world. And in verse 17, he says, And the way of peace have they not known. Church, God wants us to understand the way of peace. It's a good life. Amen, Brother Junior, it's a good life. It's a good way to live. The peace of God. We as the church have to become well acquainted with the way of peace. The church ought to know the way of peace. If you are looking for peace today, 
The world should be the last place that you would go looking for it. Just look around, you, 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 you won't find it in the headlines, you won't find peace in the news feed, there's not a whole lot of reassuring news anymore. You won't find peace in the Middle East. You won't find peace in politics. You won't find it in, in the music of the world. That old song that you used to listen to, that you thought gave you peace, was just a temporary escape from reality. You won't find it in the music of the world. You won't find, find it in the beat and the licks of the world. You won't find it at the bar. You won't find it at the party. You won't find it in any political party. You won't find it in a world relationship. That's not the place to go looking for peace because it just provides temporary escapes. But the Bible says, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Peace in the Holy Ghost. The peace that I'm talking about today comes from God. It comes from the Holy Ghost. Amen. And I believe that God truly wants to saturate somebody in this place today with his peace. We read that story in Mark chapter 4. In closing, I'll, I'll read this. And Jesus and the disciples were in a boat. In verse four, uh, chapter 4, verse 35, he says, In the same day when the even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over. To the other side. So it was God's idea to pass over. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship. Everybody say he was in the back of the boat, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and he rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said, one to another, what manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? The interesting thing, so of course they were, they were in a, a storm. The wind was blowing and Jesus was in the back of the boat and it looked like he was taking a rest. I believe this is right after the, the, the Sermon on the Mount. He got done preaching all day long and he was ready just for a peaceful boat ride. And, uh, and the disciples became fearful. They had unrest. They became anxious because of what they felt and because of what they seen around them. They seen the storm. They felt the wind. The water was coming into the boat. And they became fearful. And of course, they awoke Jesus and he, he just spoke to the storm, and it ceased. 
But Jesus was a little upset about this. Maybe it was because they, they woke him up. But he, 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 was, he was upset because they had no faith. Understand that, that peace was already in the boat. The peace was already there. They didn't trust that the peace of God could get them through the storm. And I began to just think about this a little bit, like he was in the back of the boat. And a lot of times this is how we navigate life. We, we put Jesus in the back of the boat and he's sleeping. And then we're in the front of the boat trying to navigate our lives through the storm. We're not looking at Jesus right now. We're looking at the storm. We're looking at the circumstances around us. And we become fearful. We begin to doubt because a storm will bring on emotion that will cause this. But the whole time, Jesus was in the boat. Peace was in the boat. I'm here to tell somebody today that Jesus is already in your boat. He's already with you. He just, I believe that maybe this story told us that he was in the back of the boat for a reason. I'm here to, maybe somebody today should just put him in the front of the boat. And he should become alive and awake in your life. Not just somebody that we cry to and we can't handle the storm anymore. When things get really bad, then we start praying. Things get really bad, then we start fasting. Things get really bad, then we get serious. And I believe God uses those situations for a reason. But in our walk with God, let's put him in the front of the boat. And let's let him lead us and guide us through the storms of life. And we can have a calm order no matter what the situation is because we see Jesus in the front of the boat. You following me today? If you musicians could come, we'll stand. I just believe that God really wants to just pour out peace on somebody's life. If you're having problems sleeping at night, God wants to give you peace. If you're anxious about things, you're worried about things, God wants to give you a peace in the middle of your situation. So today as we come and pray, I wonder if we would just we sing that song, song, Come Alive in the Name of Jesus. Like, let's just, let's, let's get Jesus from the pillow in the back of the boat and let's, let's uh, let him be awakened in our lives. And let him lead us and guide us through life's storms. Because they will happen. They come, they go. You know, like I've said before, if you're, if you're not in a storm right now, you're probably either just coming out of one or going into one. That's just life. 
But man, I, I truly believe that this is such, this is the best way to live. Having the peace of God, just regardless of the situation. There's a peace and a calm order within that God has got this. Amen. If you need a touch from the Holy Ghost, say, please come to the front and pray. And let's just let, let the Holy Ghost move and let him saturate you with his peace. Peace of God. Jesus, we love you. Lord, we thank you, God, for your goodness and your mercy today. God, I pray, Lord, that your peace, God, would just sweep through this place today. God, there's some things that we don't understand. There's situations, God, that we don't completely get. But God, we trust in you today. God, I thank you, Lord, for that peace that you've given us. God, that peace that passes anything that we can comprehend, God. Lord, you are the Prince of Peace. In the name of Jesus, God, just saturate this church today. God, that we would have calm order.